Tonight, the GOAT District brings you a new show, new format, the same old GOATness. We bring you the best. Tonight, we talk dynasty. We talk value, buys, sells, and we bring back the perfect guy to kick this off. He's a philosopher of dynasty, a master of strategy. Jax Falcone, welcome back to this new show, my friend. How are you, brother? Thank, thank you so much. I'm ready to go. Talk a little uh, buys and sells. And uh, I can't wait. We're super jacked. Let's kick this thing off. Goat district, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing. On all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So... What you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash off is the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now all of a sudden they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be trading. Trading. And I always be trading. Trading. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. What is up, Fantasyland? Like I said, we have a new show tonight. We're super excited to kick this off with our man, Jax Falcone. You know him from the Undroppables. Buddy, like I said, man, we're so excited tonight. We're going to talk 12 players that our audience can go out there right now, our dynasty degenerates. You know, we're all degenerate. We're all at that level. But this is going to help you guys buy, sell, basically increase the value of your rosters is what we're trying to do this time of year. And that's the goal of this show Deal. How pumped are you for this? We've been talking about this. This is this big deal, man. Yes, I think this is like the fourth time Scott's been in the GOAT district. He's like an honorary GOAT at this point, and we yeah. really respect his opinion. If anybody isn't following him and the rest of the guys at the Undroppables, they're putting out some really, really sharp content. Um, just tremendous stuff being put out in both written written content and also on podcasts. Uh, and Every, every time Scott's here, we end up having some, some very good conversations about dynasty values, um, about general dynasty strategy. Um, I'll put Scott up, up against pretty much anybody. Uh, so this is a great great way to kick it off. And I think it's an underrated time of the year to make dynasty trades. I've made a few in the last two weeks. Um, people are very active. People are paying attention to not only the rookie prospects, but also the NFL playoffs you sometimes have a little bit of a dead period right after the Super Bowl. So it's really a great time to get it in. Uh, and I'm sure we're going to have some great stuff tonight. Dan, are you getting any deals done? So far, no. I've been more too, too busy drafting. Baseball. Too busy drafting <laughs> best balls. <laughs> however, however, I, I, I just want to read off something real quick, if you guys don't mind. I know this is kind of coming out from left field. But this is, uh, this is something that uh, our, our good friend uh, Randy 
Memphis Young uh, put into uh, one of our chats today. Oh, that was, and it was like, he, uh, that was so beautiful. Was yeah, it, it, Randy, he, Randy, speaking of know, speaking is, of speaking of philosophy of dynasty. Yes, this Randy, as we know, is uh, you know he's an outstanding dynasty player, and he he's he's got his uh, his finger on the pulse of dynasty, but as as well as anybody, really. And uh, so this this is what he said. He says there's a psychology among dynasty gamers that most refuse to admit. The winning teams actually want to win, but only in season. They want to play footsie with rookies and draft picks in the offseason, even if it hinders what could be a long-term run. Best ballers and seasonal players are the most guilty. They've done the work or are on doing it now, so they have an idea of who they think will be good in the upcoming season. They just refuse to use this knowledge in their dynasty leagues by going out and acquiring players their research indicates will have a big season ahead. Rookie picks and beautiful women make the smartest men, and sometimes women do the shit they know they shouldn't do. So, just any any thoughts on that? I mean, I, I, I think that's very well stated. I mean, sometimes, even though we want to, you know, we know what we need to be doing, we know what we should be doing, we're not always doing what we should be doing. So, you know, that, that, that was, uh, you know, that, that was kind of a nice slap in the face for me. Um, Hopefully for you guys as well, or maybe not, because maybe you guys are better than me. But uh, you know, definitely. <laughs> well, but it, but it's a great way to kick off the show. We wanted to start off on a macro level in dynasty and get a feel for the room. You know, mm -hmm. we're going to talk about these players. This is, like Theo said, a very underrated, I think, for a lot of dynasty players, time of year because you want to get ahead of your league mates, right? With some of these trades, and I know Theo, you're one of the most active guys. I think you and Nate Pilmer are probably the two most active traders I know in Dynasty. And Jamie, I'll also add, not everybody's listening to the Undroppables or the GOAT District. We, you know, we've, we've had John Lobb and, and Matt Hicks on, and, and we have Scott on tonight. Not everybody knows the value of the rookie pick at this point. You know, they, everybody knows Bijan Robinson, but I think that there's some people that are always a little bit scared of picking like the six, the seven, the eight, and being wrong. And, and sometimes you can get those picks right off people's hands. So, so, so is that is that Theo just taking advantage of the unknown and capitalizing on that? I think that in any dynasty league you're in, from just a macro perspective, there is going to be some people that need to see it first, no matter what. Those people in dynasty are rarely the most successful players. It's called FOMO. And, yeah, and it's just like it's just fear of being wrong, and I'd rather take you know, 85 cents on this dollar worth of value with this pick. And there's also certain people that are scared of holding an older asset. Like I, I told you and Dan, I showed you the trade I made in an FFPC. I had a bunch of tight ends. I moved the 205 non-super flex with, with Chigo Conquo um, to get Amari Cooper, who I think could be a wide receiver two next year on a team that's a contender. It's like, what's the point of moving Amari this early in the year? But I think certain people are scared in either direction. So it's uh. It's a great time of year. And that was, Dan, I'm glad you read that because that was that was pretty awesome. Yeah, a lot of times, Dan, you see like, um, <clears throat> I think I mentioned it about the 1.01, right? So people want to draft the 1.01 more than they want to put B. John Robinson in their lineup in week one, right? In other words, like there's such an excitement behind going, I get to pick him. You know, he's, uh, th all the hope is there. You know, once he's a guy on your roster, like Saquon's awesome, JT's awesome, but like they're yesterday's news. And, you know, it's funny because they're exactly what you hope Bijan will be is something like, uh, you know, a, a CMC, a JT, one of those players. Yet 
you'd much rather have that 1.01 than any of those players uh, for most gamers. And it's what you're talking about, this sort of, you know, love affair with the picks. Um, and one other thing that uh, Theo mentioned is like, these picks are going to increase in value as we get closer to the draft. It's not because people don't know their names. Even a lot of dynasty gamers, we know the names, but the combine, the landing spot, all the spots that were, you know, all of a sudden now you can see CJ Stroud starting for the Houston Texans. I want to pick him, you know, or whatever the case might be, you know, the hot new name that, that got drafted in the second round that, you know, we didn't see coming. Jalen Hyatt now is a real player, you know, whatever you start to put the, the, the excitement, level all around that rookie draft those rookie pa- rookie picks increase in value from now until the actual pick is made and so a lot of times i'm a little bit patient at this time of year with those picks not because there isn't good deals if there's a great deal jump on it but for the most part i'm not looking to sell those picks unless it's a real real good deal for me well you're selling low right because like you exactly. said it's only as we go through all the propaganda of the rookies as we get to the draft, like you get, it's going to keep escalating in value, right? Bingo. Yeah. And then, and then kind of the other side of that coin too, is the veteran players, like, you know, and, and this is brings especially true when you're talking about, you know, people doing best ball and, and all of that, because we're looking at, you know, what, what is the actual value of this player next year? You know, not worrying about, you know, what is their value in 2024, 2025, 2026. And to a certain extent, you know, in Dynasty, there's 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 kind of an age point with every player where you, you have to stop worrying about that. I mean, it just doesn't matter anymore, right? Because, you know, if you can get them and they're, and they're going to be useful to you in the current year, that is by far the most important year of any year. Uh, you know, whatever happened, you know, like take a Tyler Lockett, for example. Hmm. Um, great, you know, great example. Yeah, you know, here here's a player... Where, you know, I don't know if he's going to be any good in 2024, 2025, but in 2023, I think there's an excellent chance he's going to be a very good player. He's going to be a, you know, a contributing dynasty asset. He's going to be somebody you can put in your starting lineup every week. And, you know, guys are going to let like the 109, 110 or whatever stand in the way of picking up Tower Lockett, uh, you know, because they don't want to trade away that pick because that, that pick could turn into be, you know, it could be anything. It could even be a boat. I mean, we we just don't know. There it is. Um, you know, <laughs> but but on the other hand, I mean, you know, if you're going for a dynasty title, Tyler Lockett is going to be worth more to you than the 109 or 110 or whatever it is you have to you know pay to get him. And a lot of players are just afraid to make that move. I think another another one that Dan, I think that you've really taught me over the years is it's just a psychological uh, thing and it seems so stupid, but people put a lot more weight into having the 112 than they do the 202. Yes. It, it literally makes no sense. If I, if, if we lined up, you know, the, if we went to fantasy mojo and looked at like the FFPC dynasty leagues for the last 10 years, and I showed you the players drafted between 109 and 202, the hit rates are, are, are really close. Well, it's it's tiers. If you're not tier, if you're yeah. tiering them, you you understand it. If you're yeah. not, though, you're you know but you're I, like ooh first rounder. Well, yeah. and Theo, hey Theo, if if yeah. if instead of making it the one oh one oh nine and the two oh two, if it was pick nine and fourteen, they would be looked at totally different. Is your point? Yes. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's yeah. it's just a weird mentality. So 
like getting early seconds off people is easier than 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 getting a late first and it's almost yes. the same pick it's just a very weird thing and i had a question for scott dan and jd not on the show sheet but one thing i try to do this time of year is i try to sometimes consolidate my roster and add like like an elite piece do, are you guys looking to consolidate um or is it kind of league league like roster size i mean what's your kind of your your general strategy on that because some of my successful trades have been over the years like looking back where i get an elite asset and maybe i give up like three players that are players you want in dynasty but not necessarily like team changing 20 point per game type guys what's your guys thoughts on that it's my favorite type of trade i mean you know and, and especially in most leagues you know 12 team start 10 that's great. I mean, if you're in 14 teams or, you know, 12 team leagues where you're starting, you know, 12 or something, you know, but if you're, you're, you know, 10 or 12 team leagues that are starting, you know, nine or 10, that's like the best because you don't really need the depth, you know, depth only provides you insurance, but whatever, you know, I mean, if you're not starting those players, if they're non-starters, at least on a weekly basis, or at least a, an easily replaceable starter, for an elite asset, oh my god! I mean, this is like you know the, the the best trade in dynasty. It's literally how you build dynasties because then you know holding Justin Jefferson over the course of time is is going to be a, a good thing. Whereas you can always replace, I don't know, making it up, but Michael Gallup's and, and players like that. So yeah, of course that's a that's a huge slam if you can do it. Right. Yeah. And in, in one of my early days of dynasty, um, I think this was probably 2016 or something like that. It was right after right after Tyler Eifert had had his huge year. Uh, I traded off Travis Kelsey for Tyler Eifert and um, Mark Ingram, who had also had a really big year. Now, in in fairness, uh, Pat Mahomes was not on the team yet, so we didn't we didn't know this. But on the other hand, you know, I traded off, and this was in a tight end premium league. I traded off the elite tight end for you know a two really good pieces, which looked like they would probably perform for, you know, several more years. Uh, with Tyler Eifert, that was not true. With, uh, you know, with Mark Ingram, it was a little bit more true. But the value of those two pieces never came close, even though the total of them was, you know, 140% of Travis Kelsey, the, the net effect on my team was very negative. You know, and that was, that was one of those things that I just, I did it. And I, it, it, it's, it's a caution to me every single time I put together a trade. I'm like, wait, I need to think about this. You that's know, a, that's a, that's a deep, Lord, deep Lord. scar right there. That's a deep, deep scar. Whenever you're bringing up Tyler Eifert as a lesson learned, that's, that's going yeah. back in the time yeah. machine. Poor yeah. Dan. You know, I got JD posted last summer. We posted a lot of our trades on Twitter. And I remember I got roasted on this. I made a, I, I, we, I told the guys in the summer, I want to go get DK Metcalf shares this is when dk was at his lowest redraft position we saw dk slipping into like the sixth round people had so much fear of that offense um and i went out and trade tried to trade for him in a bunch of dynasty leagues in one league i had a team that was okay but it had a lot of like pieces and i traded the 111 jerry judy and gabe davis for for dk metcalf and i got just roasted for that trade um and you know the 111 ended up being George Pickens. So they're, they, down the road, this could come back to get me. But right now, if I offered you Jerry Judy and Gabe Davis for, for DK Metcalf, you're getting laughed off. So I think consolidating 
for a player you know is going to even if it looks like a slight overpay, go for it. So that's a great that's a great one right there, Theo. That's exactly what we're talking about. Is you know those types of players that are eh, who knows? I mean. You know, Jerry, all those players are, could bite you in the ass. The 111 can bite you in the ass. Jerry Judy and Gabe Davis could have obviously poured one out. But, you know, the, those players, all three of them, could have made you look like a fool. But you still were like, I don't care. I'm getting DK. I know what I'm getting. I'm getting an elite-level talent, and especially on a buy-low situation, right? I mean, you overpaid on a buy-low. So what? Great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah but exactly. It's funny, Theo, you asked the question. I specifically wrote under one of these questions, my themes for this time of year is upgrading and consolidation. And I think a lot of the high stakes sites, especially if you're playing Dynasty, they're not as deep as some of these uh, MFL sites where we're going 30, 35 deep. You're usually at 20 players on your roster and then you got to cut them down to 16. So you really learn that when you get into this time of season, you want to consolidate, you want to upgrade, you want to increase the value of your team, your portfolio. You're not looking to fill gaps and depth and positions and starters versus bench. You're looking as your, at your team as a whole. How can I increase my value throughout this season? When you get closer to the season, you can start worrying about your starters and your, you, you know, the depth and positions and so on. So I'm, I'm looking at this time of year. I'm looking to buy the dips. We're going to talk about some of the players tonight. And this is why this show is created, Theo, is for this exact thing is we want to help guys do this exact thing this time of year and throughout the offseason so they can increase the value of their rosters and not worry about you know always you know i need an an rb2 at at this time of year yeah for sure And, and and here's here's another just real quick thought on dynasty value and everything else you know as long as we're we're way out in the weeds um it's the best place every, every once in a while you know the the tv is on in the background as i'm you know like doing something else or whatever and um the other day let's make a deal was on and you know i'm kind of not really paying attention to it but all of a sudden at this at this particular point there was something i'd never you know i don't really watch the show maybe they do this all the time i don't know but anyway they, they the these these two contestants got up there and they gave each of them a thousand dollars and they said, okay, we're going to bid on a couple of items here, unseen. You can bid as much or as little of your $1,000 as you want, right? So anyway, you know, and of course, there's the chance that you're bidding on, uh, you know, something that's absolutely has no value whatsoever. Um, bar of soap, yeah. Yeah, bar of soap or whatever, you know, whatever whatever they call it these days. So anyway, this this one person, you know, the first item, one of them bids 300 the other one bids 350 so the one who bids three fifty wins it. They get something that's worth like twenty seven hundred bucks, right? Then they get to bid on the next item. So the person who had lost that bid bids like you know because they're like, well, if you don't if you don't bid on anything, well, whatever money you have left, you get to keep it. So she's like, I'm just gonna bid a hundred bucks. And the other person is like, I'm bidding my 650 because I've already, you know, I've already bid 350 and I've gotten something worth 20, you know, I've gotten something worth more than my entire thousand, right? So why not go for broke here? So then she wins another prize that's worth like $2,500. And then the other person, you know, is sitting there and they've got, you know, basically their whole thousand dollars left. And then the, the guy's like, okay, okay. You know, we also have what's behind this curtain. So you can keep your thousand, or you can you can give it to me for what's behind the curtain. And of course, you know what happens here. Everybody She's goes like, for the thousand. 
She she she's like no I'll I'll, yeah, they, I'll give you they, the thousand yeah she goes what's the behind the curtain and of yes. course at that point it's a zonk right it could be a boat <laughs> it could be a boat yeah it could be a boat and she <laughs> almost said exactly that same thing yeah <laughs> you know it's just like you know but it, 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 at a certain point you know you it, it, you know because the you know to me the most instructive thing is the one person has understood you know hey I I already won now I've got six hundred and fifty dollars basically of free money I'm gonna I'm gonna you know press my luck on that you know and sometimes you have to do that on dynasty trades when you win a trade sometimes you need to take that winnings and see hey can I press my luck and can I you know can I make this something even better yeah and and the other the other lesson is lose the min and so a lot of people lost the max by going for the could be a boat and you know it's a poker term but you know when you think you're beat when you think you're behind when you think you might be stepping in it you just need to stop and you might have already lost you know some sort of money in the hand but you just sort of i'm gonna lose the min i'm gonna fold here i know i'm beat and same thing in in in, uh in in fantasy football like sometimes you just go you know what i missed the trade window with a couple of these deals but i'm not going to just double down and make some sort of trade that isn't going to behoove me i'm just going to you know, hold back and, 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 uh, you know, and be patient. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Well, well said, well said. So do we have anything else to talk about before we get into the, the nitty gritty, uh, with the players? No, just cause a, I, I didn't even see Theo. We, we both forgot. Do you have a, do you have a, a hard out Jax? Is it? I'm here, but I don't know what's going on with the camp. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're freezing. Maybe leave and come back. Sure. Just sometimes that helps. That's uh, that's Dan's uh, IT support. Usually, that's his advice. So, so we're we're gonna we we talked to you know the whole idea here was to give people an idea what what your because the you know the last thing you want to do is make a trade without a goal or, or a reason to make a trade. You know, you're not just trading to to trade this time of year. Let's see if we can get them back. Yeah, there we go. There nice we go. and smooth. So let let let's get into. Uh, I was just saying, Jacks, we're you know. The whole point of this was let's give a macro kind of thought process strategy this time of year before we get into the the actual players. But let, let's dive into the players. I'm going to kick this thing off. We're, we're going to start at the quarter. We're going to go with the elephant in the room. Let's yeah. call it. You know, um, Lamar Jackson going into his sixth season right now. There's a lot of questions. Theo th- talks about uncertainty and, you know, capitalizing. This is the perfect example. So on the one hand, you have your dual threat QB. He's given us the highest fantasy point total ever, you know, surpassed um, Aaron Rodgers in 2019. On the other hand, you've got the injuries. He's missed double digits games in two seasons now. You've got the the, the dependency on, 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 the, on the running game, which is going to increase the chances of, of injury as well. Now you've got missed games. You've got contract issues in, in, uh, in uh, Baltimore. You don't know where he's necessarily. There's trade rumors with Atlanta. So this guy for me is like the perfect, you know, way to kick this off. And maybe I'll go to you first, Jax. Are you kind of buying him at his lowest point? And I'll throw on a chart just kind of showing his value in the last little bit. He's literally at the lowest he's been in a while, if not ever. Or are you kind of like, you know what, I'm either holding, I missed the window, or I'm staying away. I'm buying. I mean, I think he's an absolute buy because we've seen him do it, you know, and and even at his low points, he's still a top 10, you know, fantasy quarterback and he still wins. Like he hasn't really had a lose. Well, he hasn't had a losing season, right? I mean, he's been a winning quarterback at every level 
and so far so so good in the NFL, even when things have crumbled around him. So for me, look, when things were really good, he was the MVP and set you know records. And when things were bad, he was still productive and kind of found a way to win. Now, that may be more Baltimore than him, but I don't know. Uh, probably not, right? I mean, I think, you know, I think it's probably more him than it is just the sort of infrastructure. Probably a little bit of both. But um, for me, yeah, just let's, let's see it. Because I think in a lot of uh, people's minds, he's outside the top, you know, maybe five or six. He's probably on the outside looking in of the elite. You know, uh, you know Burrow, Herbert, Mahomes, Allen, you know, Hurts, that's five. I'm saying he's outside that in most people's uh, eyes. Not saying I'd trade any of those guys straight up for him or anything like that, but I'm just saying when that value starts to dip, even though he's pretty much a perennial, you know, top five finisher, I- I'd like to I'd like to buy into that. Now the injuries are what they are. I mean, that's just baked into the cake. So, um, you know, he was healthy for two seasons and and nicked up for two seasons. I, I think we can hope that uh, he won't be so bad going forward. You know. I was just going to add, Scott, sorry, Theo, don't mean to cut, but if you don't have one of those top guys, right, if you don't have the Mahomes in your league, if you don't have the Burrow, that Josh Allen, this might be your only opportunity to compete at that position with those teams, right? right. So that's kind of where I'm at with same idea, you know, jump on the opportunity. Sorry, Theo. But by, the way, I, by the way, I had a ton of Lamar in my portfolio this year, and, you know, it's like, he was, he's such a winning player. Like I won when he was playing and didn't when he got hurt. So I, I understand, you know, fantasy gamers and managers getting sort of burned by him, but I mean, he, when he's playing, it's like really awesome. So, you know, I mean, the injuries suck, but the performance is, is there no matter what. Anyway, go ahead, Theo. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I think that you, you hit the nail on the head that the injuries suck, but when he's on the field, he's producing in a big way. He was QB six in points per game this year. So the, the weeks you had him, you had – if you had Lamar Jackson, you most likely started the season 4-1 and one or 5-0 and oh, um, because he was ripping ripping off, you know, tremendous scoring numbers. Last year, he also had injury problems. He was quarterback 8 in points per game. Then you look at uh, three seasons ago, he finishes QB 10, he finishes QB 8 in points per game, and then he's got the QB 1 overall year. So you're talking about in points per game, the lowest he's been is QB 8. Um, I think that this is a time to buy. And I think that we sometimes think that the, the situation is going to get worse. Sometimes the situation gets better. He's 26 years old. If somebody makes a commitment to him and goes all in, like I think that the dynasty player is kind of sour from the fact that Russell Wilson just failed in Denver. Russell Wilson didn't have the dynasty value of Lamar Jackson. But if Lamar Jackson moves, um, like – like you say Atlanta, like put him in Atlanta. Like I'm not an Arthur Smith fan, but I think Arthur Smith could get a ton out of Lamar Jackson. And that's a, a, a an indoor environment. You, weather doesn't factor in. They would build the team around him. Like I'm, I believe in the talent. I think he's probably closer to like QB four in terms of dynasty value, QB five. And I think he, you could get him for around QB eight cost. And if, I offer you Trevor Lawrence for, if I offer you Trevor Lawrence for Lamar Jackson, you're thinking about it if you're scared. Well, that that's a decision you're making right now in best balls, right, Dan, is is Lamar and, and Lawrence. And I actually went Lawrence not only because I had Etienne, but you you're thinking – stacking, J.D. Sorry? Yeah. Always be stacking. No, but even yeah. without the stacking, you're thinking one guy's on the up with an offense that was, like, new. They're, they're on the ascending, whereas the other guy, I mean, it's rocky. Yes, you can have that rocket ship year and you can hit hard. 
and if the price is right for sure but if i'm deciding you know and and i'm using best Buy. i know we're talking about dynasty but if i'm looking for 2023 i'm leaning lawrence dynasty again lawrence gives you you know he's kind of the fresh new toy right now he kind of gives you uh, a bit more floor almost with 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 that same ceiling in my opinion i before, i think in dynasty you, you're, you're probably at the point where you could probably trade trevor lawrence for lamar jackson plus am i wrong here i think you're right and you know what's wow. interesting is you know if you if you think trevor lawrence is the play in 2023 then he's definitely the play in dynasty because i mean the only the, the only reason we like lamar is the ceiling right is the sort of right. You know, I mean, obviously, yes, floor two, I understand, but it's just that 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 super, you know, supernova that he can be if he throws for twenty, you know, twenty five touchdowns. I mean, he threw for thirty six in his in his uh, you know his MVP season, but just twenty five touchdowns and then just enough on the ground. You know, nine hundred to eleven hundred yards plus another, you know, how many touchdowns? Right, five or ten, and that season is huge. That's a huge, huge season. That's going to carry you. Now, in order for Trevor Lawrence to sort of replicate that, he has to have a huge uh, season throwing. Now, he's been so efficient that I just think that in Dynasty, he's such he's such security. You know, he's going to be around quarterback one for, like, how, how many years? Like, unless something terrible happens to him. Like, when is he going to be, you know, outside the top 15 quarterbacks? Like, not for another 10 years or something. So, for that reason, Trevor is such a bankable asset in Dynasty – but uh, but Lamar offers you know that that league winning upside you know especially in a week to week basis you know if you're just a good team Lamar can go off in a certain game and just really win you weeks and could win you a championship. Right. So let's let's throw a different quarterback in the mix. Like let's say that somebody you've got uh, Justin Fields and somebody else has Lamar Jackson. Is that a trade you would make straight up? I mean, you almost have to consider it just because. Lamar is the more accomplished player and has more uh, sort of tying him to, you know, opportunity right now, Justin Fields is, you know, a rookie quarterback or, you know, on a rookie contract. And so therefore, you know, if he doesn't win, right. I mean, the the whole thing attaching Lamar to playing time is he wins, right? Right. Like he he wins. So it's like you take him out and you put in Huntley and they're like, you know, but Lamar wins. Whereas, you know, Fields hasn't won yet. Now, if he does win, great. But if he doesn't, they're going to look to replace him. And then where does he go? You know, so his sort of, you know, future is a little bit more murky. Certainly his his fantasy performance is not murky. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it, Lamar is basically that, that sports car that you know is going to spend some time in the garage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. But, man, it's fun. It, it, it's yes. just part of, it's part of the package. I mean, you know, you buy one of those things, it's going to spend some time in the shop. It's just yeah, you just got to have the Tyler Huntley loaner car. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, but it, that's it, that's exactly the thing. I mean, you know, if, you, if, you've got the, if you've got the Lamar Jackson model, you want to have a good, reliable, you know, Derek Carr model or something like that. Yes. To uh, see what, see what I did there. Yes, uh, sir. Yes, you need a Derek Carr, Carr to yep. go you right need with a Derek him. Carr. Yes. Uh, you know, but it's true. I, in superflex, <laughs> drop it. In superflex leagues, I think it's 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 true all the time that you do want to have depth at the quarterback position because it can it can change very quickly. I mean, you know, if you had Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, and Derek Carr, you're like, dude, I'm pretty well set this year. I think I'm going to compete. I can just pick the right one and Stafford's hurt. Brady's terrible. Carr gets benched. You're like, what? like you it just, all, 
Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it's almost like running back. It's a quarterback yes. flex is yeah. almost like running back. You want depth, man. Yeah, I mean, if you have some studs, it's obviously great. You know, if you have two of the two of the top guys, I mean, if you're rolling Hurts and Mahomes, okay, you don't need as much depth. But you know what I mean? In general, uh, even with Hurts, you know, I mean, he got hurt and was not playing down the stretch for you. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely fragility in these quarterbacks, um, you know, who are running more now. And, you know, it's funny how it is, right? They, they protect them, right? <laughs> but yet they're yeah. getting hurt. I don't know. What a- yeah. Well, right. just, to, just to kind of put a bow on it, I mean, I think, you know, Lamar Jackson is that, that quarterback who is right now at it, it, you know, if if he's going to go at a discount right now is the time he's going to go at that discount. Yep. Because there's an, you know, he had an off year, even, you know, like the last several weeks he was playing, he had kind of an off year. The Ravens offense was not working well and it was affecting him. It was affecting his numbers. And then he gets hurt. And now we have all this uncertainty about where is he going to play in 2023 you know the trifecta of those things if you know if you're the lamar jackson owner that very well could be wearing on them you need to at least go find out is that wearing on the lamar jackson owner in my league it's a great point that's a great point so before we keep this going we got to give a shout out to the chat you guys are killing it with the comments uh bring the questions we'll get to the questions so keep dropping them we appreciate you guys tuning in guys smash the like that always helps us out. It's a small thing, easy to do, and it really helps the channel uh, grow and get out there. Theo, you want to go to the next? I'll let you. Yeah. I'll let you. You want to start the next one, Andrew's yeah, well, playing? We, we don't need to spend as much time as Lamar, but Trey you know, Lance. Yeah, this is a name that Andrew Schellenberg wanted to include tonight. Um, Andrew's at La Quinta. Um, you know, La Quinta Point Happy Hour tonight, uh, so he's not able to make it, but. <laughs> Trey Lance is super interesting. I spoke to Scott about this earlier, and I spoke to Andrew a little bit, just trying to price him. Let's take it to Superflex for this one. He's he, We're talking about a guy with incredible draft capital, no sample size as, as a starter at all in the NFL, not a lot of sample size in college. Um, but it looks to me like the writing's on the wall that San Francisco, I think, is moving to you know Brock Purdy next year as their starter heading the year. What are you willing to pay for Trey Lance uh, in a in a in a super flex league, or are you trying to acquire them? Um, start with Scott on this one. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> so I listen. I've been the guy, man, who's been like, I don't understand why we're so sure this guy's any good at all. I mean, I, and I mean this. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying, why do we think? What data points do we have that says Trey Lance is any good at professional football? I just want to know what they are. Tell Konami me what they are. That's it. There's Konami. none. Eight, eight, eight games. Though. Eight games in two seasons. What 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 we have is San Francisco spending three first round draft picks on. Bingo. Him. That's that's what we have. That's right. Which you know does that mean he's any good at football? Actually, I don't know. <laughs> you <laughs> know the best stat. Not yeah. your stat on your stat on pass. Yeah, the stat the stat that I've been shouting and you know. Since 2017, Trey Lance in college and pros has 420 total pass attempts. Right. Yeah. So just what is he? Since there it is, he's thrown 420 passes since 2007. My man pays attention. My man's paying attention. It's exactly since 2017, he has 420 pass attempts. Like (laughs) it's just you know, it's not it's not that he's sitting behind somebody. It's that he was. He was a small school, played for JV, 
right? He won the JV College Championship, whatever the hell they call that. He was on a staff team. Yes, everyone. Thank you. Uh, we call it JV. Listen, he played the JV Championship, won that with a stack team. He uh, he was very efficient. He didn't throw a single pick. That's amazing. Um, he looks pretty good, but but there's nothing there that's like oh that's a very NFL you know ready program. It's just not. And and even college but in general, pro, pro size, pro, pro style offense. Is what sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the pro style <laughs> offense where he just has all the time in the world because he had a great offensive line and Christian Watson streaking. Um, you know, he, he probably underachieved on that team. Who knows? I mean, look, he might be great, and it's still a possibility. He has elite upside based off of his raw skills. I see that. But there's just so little to show that he might be. So in the generally, the price that you have to pay is a top 12 dynasty quarterback. At that price, I'm out. So I don't hate players that hate ADPs. If right now he was outside the top 24 quarterback, I'd be like, dude, buy Trey Lance. What the hell's going on? So it's really just pricing. If you can steal Trey Lance, I say definitely 100% go get him. But if you have to pay up for him, I don't think he's worth the risk. I'd rather pay a little bit more and go get one of the real top 10 uh, you know, quarterbacks. Uh, it, it, you know, that's that's just me though. Right, because I, I, you know, a couple things about Lance. Number one, the range of outcomes is gigantic. Gigantic. I mean, you know, because Brock Purdy, great job this year. He's done fantastic. You know, he's he's won every game that he's he started. All that good stuff. But you know, we're we're all looking at the same guy, and we're looking at him. And we're going, this this is a guy that we still don't really know that much about. We still haven't seen defenses really adjust to him much yet. You know, is this guy really any good is, I think, a fair question for Brock Purdy <laughs> as much as it is for Trey Lance. So you've got, you know, you've got the guy with outstanding draft capital running behind the guy with almost no draft capital. I mean, like one, literally one pick away from having no draft capital. Right. And, you know, so you've got this weird dynamic of here's the guy who's got the starting job right now. Here's the guy who's got all the draft capital. I mean, you know, anything could happen. Yep. Is, is it is it next year. is it just uh, is it just a matter of a like a quarterback battle going into next season? If, I feel like no matter what Purdy does, I, maybe if he wins a Super Bowl, he locks up. But I feel like he's always going to be on a short leash, right? As right. I mean, I, I think if, if, I think if somebody makes San Francisco a Godfather offer or something like that for for Trey Lance, they'll let him go, right? Because when you look at you yeah. know, it, 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 and this is going to come right back to the point that Theo was talking about, you know. What did San Francisco spend? We we say, well, they spent three first. Yeah, they spent three first. They spent their 12th round pick that year, which was not good enough to get to Trey Lance. So they had to upgrade it. What did they upgrade it with? They upgraded it with the, um, with the 29th pick or something like that last year and will be no worse or no better than the 28th pick this year, right, in the first round. Those are almost second-round picks. I mean, those are picks that teams constantly trade out of the first round because they're going, I don't like anybody here. I don't really care about the fifth, you know, fifth-year option. If somebody wants to come up and get this pick, I'll gladly move back five picks into the second round. You know, so if somebody offers them, you know, like a pair of seconds for Trey Lance, you know, if I'm San Francisco, I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. Here's the thing you asked it, uh, JD was. You know, if 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 Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, you think there's a, a fan base, ownership group, management team, coaching staff that has the the will, <laughs> the balls to like move off of a Super Bowl winning quarterback? 
I just don't think they could do it. Imagine rolling out Trey Lance week one with Brock Purdy standing on the sideline after winning the Super Bowl. I, honestly, it's, it, that's going to be a very difficult thing to do. Now, if he goes out and throws three picks and they lose unceremoniously this week, changes entirely because then they're like, see, told you. Now everybody can say, see, Purdy wasn't that good. Once he faced a good team, yada, yada, yada. You can say whatever. And, and none of it's true either way. It just is the way that it's going to feel, the fan base, the the talking heads. You know, people always say, well, the media doesn't pick the quarterback. Well, they they do influence owners, and owners do pick what the fuck happens. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think owners are going to go a little bit with the with the way of the wind. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you you bring up the playoffs. It's 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 just crazy because the guy could win the starting job based on how he does the next you know two games. Two games. It's such a yeah. it's kind of a poor process in determining the franchise quarterback, yeah. but. At the end of the day, JD brings up the competition in camp next year. I think if Purdy wins the Super Bowl, I think they're going to move Trey Lance because you'd want to give Purdy the opportunity to, you know, embrace that starting job without having the the you know the higher drafted guy behind him. And I think that they will, they would be able to get you know the kind of price tag Dan is is talking about. And I think that the, I think that at the end of the day. We're not. We don't know how the other teams in the NFL graded Trey Lance two years ago, right. um, in terms of how many teams had a you know a top five uh, QB you know rating on him. It's a good point. So somebody else might really really love him um, and be very aggressive getting him. So I, it's just it's just wild to me. In terms of if, I, if I'm a, a super flex team, Andrew and I kind of talked about some some price tags. So take it to like an FFPC, you know, super flex or triflex. Dan, if if, if what would you be willing to move for Trey Lance? <laughs> I don't even know. By the, by uh, the way, the, by, while, while you think of that, while you think of that, the chat, the chat is undefeated. They're definitely throwing out some good ones. You know, is this not the team that moved off the quarterback that got him to the Super Bowl? And Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, then back to the bench. You're, you, you know, they're right. Actually, in in some ways, mm-hmm. adding some texture to this. That you know, once there's some separation and some distance from this uh, th- this season. Things will change. The dialogue will change. So in, in a lot of ways, that's actually positive thing. The one thing, too, with Trey Lance is he's going to get another chance. That yep. We know that. So mm-hmm. in that way, he's safe to some degree still, but it's just really getting weird. That's all I'd say. So for me, it's just there's a question as to whether or not he's good, but he will get another chance. That's for sure. Yes, and also, if you if you bring up the, the hanging sword of Damocles in the chat, you are absolutely going on the screen. That's, that's just guarantee. So... <laughs> You know. So let me let me let's do a quick quick uh, before we move to the next position yeah. here. Let's do a quick quick quick. Trey Lance or Mac Jones in uh, Dynasty? Trey Lance. Trey Lance all day. Trey yeah. Trey Lance, Trey Lance or Kenny Pickett? Trey Lance. Lance. I think I'd go Lance, but I like Pickett a lot more than I like Jones right now. Trey Lance or Deshaun Watson? Watson. 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 All right, so he's kind of been that Kirk Cousins. I'd probably go Cousins, but you're getting pretty close there. It would kind of depend on, you know, like if I had two good starters, I felt like I could count on. I might, I might trade off Cousins for that, you know, that chance at the bingo, the that's brass right. ring there. That's a need yeah, base. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yep. Team specific. If I needed a QB two, and I was like, man, this team is stacked. I just, I'd be happy to trade Lance for Cousins and secure myself, you know, uh, a solid QB two, you know, next year as opposed to risking it all with Lance and not having a plan. But so it's definitely team dependent. They're they're right there together. I agree. 
Yep. I'll give you one more, guys. I'll take it to it since we're we're all dynasty. This is the one. Rookie mind. This is gonna. This is gonna. Get. Will Will Levis or or Trey Lance? Not Trey Lance. Who's gonna draft Trey Lance. Okay. How about yeah, this is the best one. This is what I thought you were gonna do. Daniel Jones or Trey Lance. Ooh, ooh, damn you! I'm gonna go Danny Dimes on that because I think you're getting yeah, another that's... another another QB one year out of Danny Dimes next year, maybe two. With there it is. Look at it. see. Daniel Jones, welcome as to the long as, as long as Dable's got him, he's going to be top 15 QB. Man, I, I, I think I got to go Danny Jones there just because he's, you know, like that could be the ceiling for Trey Lance, right? You know, it, it's possible <laughs> Trey Lance has a higher ceiling, but it's also very possible yeah. that that is the ceiling. Yep. So I'll, I'll, I'll take the guy who's actually shown that he can be, you know, startable. Um have some have some big games, whatever. Tua, Tua to answer the question, I take Tua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tua makes me nervous, but I mean, <sighs> so nervous, so so right. nervous. Like, what, what do you do if you're Miami? That's I don't even forget fantasy. You yeah. know, no, nope, that's, that's it. a tough one. So Scott, why don't you kick off my favorite position? I know I know a lot of us here love this position just because it fluctuates so much. It makes fantasy fun, and this guy we were. You know, Goat District was hot on this guy going into last season. Why don't you kick it off, man? Are we talking running backs? Yes. We're talking running backs. Ramondre Stevenson. I love myself some Mondre. So, yeah, Ramondre Stevenson. What are you guys doing with Ramondre going into the year? I think he's a hold. Yeah. Because I think that the dynasty marketplace does not catch up to the value that he brought to the table. I think you have a lot of people thinking that, oh, it's this is a, a, a like a, a one-off where Bill Belichick's going to go back to his, you know, evil old ways and screw us. But he used Ramondre more than he ever used any other running back. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong on that. You're a Patriots fan, but fantasy usage wise, the percentage of carries and the percentage of targets, no one has done this. So I think that this is, they recognize that they have an actual offensive weapon where, you know, and you can say that it fell right for him with, with Damian Harris's injury. And I think there's an argument to that, but at the end of the day, they had other backs there and they certainly didn't work them in like a lot of people, you know, projected. So I think Ramondre Stevenson finished as RB as an RB 12, the top 12 RB this year um, in his second season. He's not, he was RB 10 points per game. And he, and he's, and he's in his second season. So he was the only first or second year player in the entire NFL to finish as an RB1, um, you know, which is just crazy. And I think that, you know, the the looking at their roster, they're projected to be, you know, active. You know, they're they're one of the teams for, you know, in the DeAndre Hopkins sweepstakes. They're going to add some skill position players. But at the end of the day, they're not going to get away from this. Maybe he regresses slightly, but I think you're looking at a top 18 running back. And I don't think you're getting a – high uh, rookie draft pick for Ramondre Stevenson because people are scared off on the situation and also his draft capital. So I think to me, he's a hold. I'll, I'll ask you guys a question. I, if you know it, you can answer it. But where do you think Ramondre Stevenson finished in 2022 in running back targets? I don't he know, but he, he, he was up and there. He almost, I mean, he almost he had started. like 85 targets. I'm not sure where that yeah. finished. Yeah, he I almost had 70, 70 receptions. Seven that, receptions, that, man. That, that was one of the things I was looking at earlier today. I was like, yep. man, he had a crap ton of targets. He was yeah. third. He Eckler was third. Eckler, CMC, Ramondre. And for a guy that size to be able to to command that that those types of targets, I mean, 
you know, I know that games started isn't everything, but he was only listed as starting seven games too. I mean, I know that again, you know, it's kind of nonsense, but you get my drift. In other words, like he's kind of like, you know, I mean, he ran for a thousand yards and was third in the league in targets. That's tough to do. I mean, this kid is as a real as a real football player, dual threat. He might be a buy. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in New England, but I think there's going to be some changes. And those changes would hopefully make the team a better offense as it's going to be hard to be a, a more right. basic offense. So, you know, if they can if they can maybe make a move for DeAndre Hopkins and Bill O'Brien, you know, the whole thing, that'd be kind of ironic if a team that's, <laughs> you know, sort of OC'd by Bill O'Brien trades for DeAndre Hopkins. That would be a novel idea. But yeah, uh, he may be a buy. He's certainly not a sell because you're right. The market isn't caught up to him exactly. And I don't know that he's, you know, netting you, uh, you know, a high end RB one return at all, and that's what he was. So. Right. Yeah. So a couple things on there. First, uh, yeah, eighty nine targets is what it was, not eighty five. Yeah. He yep. only had six touchdowns, which is pretty low yes. for a New England Patriots lead running back. Yep. And then the other thing is Bill O'Brien when he was with Houston, he was pretty much a, you know, he he wanted to find a running back to ride. And, you know, we're, we, we, we all talk about Bellatrix, but really a lot of that was the Josh McDaniels offense, right? When, when Bill O'Brien, this is one of the things I had, I have written down that I need to look up. Like, what, what was Bill O'Brien doing with the offense when he was with New England before? Was he riding one running back? Do you remember, Scott? I don't want to put you on the spot or anything. No, it's but. fine. I actually am ready to answer that question because you look back, it was like they rode certain guys like, Corey Dillon for years with Belichick, you know? And so I think it's just a matter of like, when you have a guy like James White and, you know, Kevin Falk and, you know, certain guys who are just that guy, you know, and then you go to fast forward to this year and yeah, Damian Harris is, was sort of the opposite of James White. In other words, he was such a hammer. They're like, well, he's the hammer, you know, and that's all he was. But, you know, in, in other words, they use James White as well. He's only a pass catcher and Kevin Falk only a pass catcher. So they use them that way. But but I think when they have a multifaceted back, they use them as such. And that's what Ramondre is. So unless there's someone brought in who offers, you know, a tremendous amount of competition, uh, which I suppose is possible. Um, I see him as kind of being the bell cow there with. You know, guys that spell him, at, you know, both in the pass and in the, and you know, a Damian Harris type. But, you know, he'll be the uh, the sort of veteran in the locker room and has done it, performed really well, five yards of carry, as you guys point out. You know, 75% catch rate on 88, 89 targets. Yeah, wheels up. He, yeah. he He's the guy, Dan, in, in best ball, if, if you didn't smash RB early, he's a great kind of last guy in that tier that you pick yes. up as your RB1. and. Yeah. I mean, the 69 catches, guys, 89 targets, that's pure money. You, yep. you, you see an ascending offense. They're just getting settled in. They're going to bring someone decent to run that offense, hopefully. Um, and they're going to add weapons. It just opens it up for Ramondre. I don't think you put a guy like this back in the cage. You know, there's guys that maybe play between the 20s and don't get those offense, the, the, you know, the goal line touches, that kind of thing. He was RB15, I think, with regards to, to uh, red zone touches. So he's getting action enough and he's producing, he's efficient five yards per, per carry. He crushed it this year, man. Like if you grabbed him, and we, you know, we all had a bunch of them. If you grabbed him where he was going into the season, you definitely got your money's worth. And I think he's still value right now. I don't know if that lasts the whole off season though. True. Yep. Definitely. 
The, the only place, sorry, Theo, the only place I see is his value dipping is if you do see a New England uh, Patriots draft a running back or make a move for, you know, a, a significant uh, veteran to, to come into the roster. And that wouldn't make sense, but it's possible. Right? They could just have Kevin Harris as their right. backup to him. And he yeah. gains they have enough guys there. They have, they, yeah. they drafted two just last year. Pure strong. strong and, 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 and Harris as the, the two and the three is not out of the question. So, <laughs> Um, shout out to the chat 1912 shout out to 1912 as always another guy who um disappointed last year in terms of especially in redraft he was a guy that was going right around that one two turn high second round pick deandre swift um we've had some issues with deandre swift in terms of missing some games not not too many this this year but he missed some um average 13.5 points per game he averaged this is off of a 16.2 points per game in his in his sophomore year and rookie season he was 14.6 points per game where are we at with deandre swift do we need to temper our expectations for him ever being like a truly elite running back is this something you'd want to cash out on or do you want to see a, a, a improvement yeah dan maybe start with this one this this is the final year of his contract correct i believe so yes yeah so this is his fourth year yep Okay, so, um, you know, for, for whatever reason, Detroit has not wanted to give him the load. And, you know, I'm not sure how much, you know, does he have the skill to be a top six running back in the, in, in the NFL? I think he does. Uh, you know, so you can value him in, in one sense in that way. But in the other sense, I mean, you know, you, you've got to kind of bring it down to points scored. And I'm not sure that he's going to get any better of an opportunity this coming year. Uh, you know, I, I would not be at all surprised to see the Detroit re-sign Jamal Williams. I mean, the guy is a huge team leader. I mean, you know, he was a, he's a gigantic part of the chemistry that was going on with that team, right? You know, those are the Don't kind of guys. Don't let me you, Dan. I got that dog in me. <laughs> right. You know, but, but those are the kind of guys that, you know, teams tend not to let go of because, you know, you, it's you're not going to have to pay, you know, Jamal Williams $10 million. Nobody's paying him $10 million. You probably have to pay him, you know, three, four million dollars, something like that. And that's it's an easy price to swallow for somebody who's going to add that much to your team chemistry. And, you know, it obviously, you know, Jamal Williams is not going to score 15 touchdowns again or any of that. Some of that's probably going to equal out. Uh, 20. You know, yes, 20. Swift was hurt. Um, you know, all, all that was going on. So you can say, well, you know, things are going to even out. But I still think you're looking at Swift as being, you know, in Detroit as barely, you know, like he might make a back-end RB1. Maybe. Thoughts? Go ahead. No, yeah, I mean, I, for me, I'm a buyer on on DeAndre Swift. I think he was an elite prospect, and for that reason, I'm willing to buy in. You know, you look at his his. Um, by the way, uh, Jamal Williams made three million dollars last year, and I think they will bring him back because I think that's all it takes to bring him back. They're used mm -hmm. to paying him. It's not like he has to take a pay cut or they have to pay up now or whatever. I think he just slides right back in. I think they're just like, yep, yep, okay, just let's do it again. Come on back because he does offer tremendous real football value. And the value that DeAndre Swift offers is there too because he's been explosive when he's been playing. I mean, he averaged five and a half yards a, a, a carry this um, this last year. 
he's you know sneaky but he's had 57 78 and 70 targets um you know while not playing more than 13 or 14 games a season so you know if he can stay healthy which you know that's been some people's middle name but you know if he can stay healthy you're talking close to 100 targets potentially and uh you know touchdown upside in an ascending offense where maybe they will give him a little bit more you sort of saw it too right like when he was getting healthier he'd get a little bit more run you know but when he wasn't healthy they kind of just would put him in there for a player to you know it just was kind of weird um he's a superior talent and for that reason i'd be looking to buy he's still young and he's probably going to get a contract i mean you you mentioned this is his last year and then he's unrestricted um you know when that when he hits free agency i would imagine someone's going to really like him so it's it's a good time to buy low i think so just, sorry theo just a few things to add i i actually traded for swift i sent uh Devante smith uh right when the season ended this is a total like tear apart roster i need uh, i just like the value if you look at the, his game log anytime he's had double digit carries he's been a top top four running back top mm-hmm. three twice top four um uh the other weeks he's he had eight touchdown guys this year we're talking like he's not getting any touchdowns yeah, he's not getting a lot, a lot of red zone or goal, goal line work, definitely with Jamal there. But you got to think that definitely the injuries played a factor. You, you know, you're, you, everything that that um, that Scott talked about with regards to, you know, the amount of reception targets he's getting. He, he was an RB15 this year, guys. Top 15 uh, points per game at running back with the limited, you know, he's played what? The most 14 games this year. He played 13 the previous two years. So you give this guy a full load. Whether it's on a new roster in you know in 2024 or Jamal is gone and you know they, they really let him kind of run with it, I think I think the sky's the limit with this guy. I think he's a top five uh, ceiling with with uh, Swift, and I think you're getting him at a good price right now. Hey JD, I, JD, yes, you, you mentioned you traded for him. I'll give you my trade. This I traded for him early November in 2022. I traded uh, DeAndre. I got DeAndre Swift on a team that's loaded. I gave up. Uh, you talk about the the three for one type of thing. Michael Gallup, Chuba Hubbard, Malik Willis, and a twenty four first. Damn. Oh, wow. he could be he could be arrested for that. Yeah, I should. Yeah. <laughs> hey, offered and accepted. Here, here's the wow. first two years away and a bunch of garbage. Yes, let's go, yeah. baby. Got I think gotta love it. But you, I, I, you could pivot a number of ways to get DeAndre Swift. I think yeah. it's, a, it's a fine time to do it. Um. I think that you could get him for some of these running backs that are past the age apex as a great way to make your, your roster younger. Yep. JD moved uh, up. That's a tough one for me because I love Devonta Smith so much. Me too. Um, but I think the general idea that it's it's easier for you to replace a, a wide receiver than it is a potential RB1, um, I think there's a bunch of pivots you could, you could do to get DeAndre Swift right now. Dan, yep. what were you going to say? Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I, I think Swift is one of those guys that if you're going to get him off his current owner, um, you know, you can try going in at value, but more than likely you're going to have to pay more than like what he was worth this past year to a team, you know, just because they're going to see the same things we're talking about. Yes. So, uh, you know, it, his, his owner's probably still pretty high on him. That, that, that particular uh, you know, owner st- drafted him in a startup draft and hasn't, you know, he hasn't done anything for him. You know what I mean? You think about it. It's like, like dead weight. It's dead yeah, weight. it's like, man, let me just shift it up here. Let's just do something. And, you know, generally speaking, if that owner is 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 at all uh, with it, they're going to shop for a better offer than what I was able to get. But 
that's besides the point. The point is that they're eager to get off them. And, you know, especially when people aren't buying, you know, it's funny. People always say, oh, should I sell this player? And it's like sometimes you can think, oh, yeah, well, I'll sell. Is there anybody even buying at all? You yeah, know, right. I mean, you know, the, that's the th- whole thing with the, with a league economy is that oftentimes you can say, you can put someone on the on the trade block like a good player and get zero offers in leagues. We've all done it. We've all seen it. I don't care how active the league is. Sometimes you just look at it and go, "Yeah, I don't give a shit." You know what I mean? You yourself are looking at it like, "I don't. I'm not. I'm not playing that game for that player. I just don't want to buy." And so sometimes it's not just whether or not you do or don't want to buy. It's it, I mean, do or don't want to sell. It's like nobody's willing to buy. So you know, you you know, when when there's a player like that in another league you know, that you're trying to sell, you go into the other league and like buy them because that player, that manager is also having a hard time uh, selling that player. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. <laughs> so Jax, I'm, I'm just going to put this out there just because we're at the, uh, we just passed the, the hour mark. I know oh my you, God. so I'm just, I'm putting it out there. Whenever you want to run, just, you, you know, let us know. We'll walk you out. We can keep going uh, just to finish off. The I'll list. just let you know. Mike brings in the divorce papers, and I'll be, you know, I'll just scram at that point. The next one we can combine into a into a double question because I think there's some some crossover there. D- uh, Damian Pierce and Tyler Algier both ran for nine. Oh, you're not going to let me walk Tyler Algier in properly? Come on, man. Well, dynasty, in terms of dynasty, there's there's some similarities because they're both day day three picks. They both ran for more than 950 yards. Uh, Tyler Algier ends up going over a thousand. Damian Pierce was very close to a thousand. Uh, are you looking to cash out? Let's we can take it a, a step back too. We can look at a profile where a guy you know does this and 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 comes out and produces year one, but doesn't have that Teflon pedigree. Um, are you looking to to cash out for for a guy like that? JD, I know you're an Algier fan. What way would you be approaching this? So. I was never like, I don't know, just I don't I'm running backs on sketchy offenses are, are first of all, you know, a, a caution sign. The thing I like about Algier versus especially versus Damian Pierce, you know, you want to bring him up together is one guy shined re- like really well early in the season and one guy did it at the end. And there's nothing I like better this time of year than guys that shined, especially the last four or five games of the season. And dude, he crushed it like yeah. Algier. Algier crushed it. The last four games, uh, at least 17 carries, between 17 and 24 carries, he averaged 17 uh, uh, PPR points per game. RB won three out of the four games, guys. He put over 117 yards in three out of the four games. The lowest mark was 95 yards. I I don't care what team you're on, what team you're playing against, it's the NFL. That's some legit magic right there from a rookie that came out of the fifth round on a shaky offense. So you you see you know you hope this offense ascends next year. I don't see okay they'll probably bring in a guy. There's there's another guy in this equation, but I think Algiers showed enough. Whereas Damian Pierce kind of faded a bit, and and I, I have a lot of questions about the, the Houston offense. You know, 2023. I only go a year at a time at running back Theo and dynasty. I mean, I'm happy to jump in. Yeah, because for, for me, it's like I, while I don't disagree with anything that JD just said, I almost find a lot of the player analysis to be um, irrelevant because at this particular point, all I'm looking at is fifth round, and that's all I need to know. And unf- I, I, I love Algier. 
I actually think, you know, I was one of the guys who was saying, you know, be careful of James Robinson. They're going to draft a running back. And everybody's like, no, they're not. James Robinson is good. I said, I didn't say James Robinson wasn't good. I said, they're going to draft a running back. And everybody's like, why would they? I'm like, because that's what teams do. This is what happens. This happens all the time. This isn't like, I don't like player X. This is, I don't like player X situation. And Damian Pierce and Tyler Algier both have the same problem. And that problem is, is that it's very likely that they're going to bring in a running back with either more contract money or more draft capital. And that's terrifying because at that moment, they become not the starter necessarily or in a timeshare at best, or they have to fend off a player. They have to so far outperform the player, i.e. James Robinson to ETN, that it's just not going to happen. And so these these are these are terrifying. Of course, you know, James Robinson's got the uh, ETN foot injury, you know, out and all this. Right. But look, at the end of the day, that's what's going to happen is is that there's going to be competition and it's going to look a whole lot different next year. I actually think Pierce has a better chance of holding off than Algier. That's just my opinion. But um, I'd be terrified of both. But I also think you can get more for Pierce than Algier. I'd be selling them both if I could, because they're likely, you know, like, is it, uh, you know, I, I just think that it's very, very likely that these running backs are not going to be worth as much uh, in a year as they are today. The, the only rebuttal quick deal is that you're not buying them as a, you're not buying them as an RB one. You're not, the price is so low that you're not expecting. And that with the nature of the position, if they can give you those starts four or five a year where they're giving you RB one production, I mean, well, I, well can't you sell them? Price. Can't you sell them for a second round pick? Oh, I, I don't I don't think selling a running back at any time is a bad idea for the right price. No, but I mean, don't you think that that's a reasonable? I mean, and then and then Theo, we just did our show together. My show, you were on my show today. We talked about all the second round running backs. There's going to be, you know, uh, Izzy is going to be there, or Kendra Miller, or you know, someone's going to be there that's probably going to get more draft capital and have a better shot at, you know, at a, at a starting role in the NFL. Probably on the same damn team as these guys. Come, you know come uh you know september and so you can turn algier and pierce into two seconds i'd do it in a snap and also yeah, totally. you have the massive number of free agents bingo where it, what yes. the what the what having this many free agents is not only gonna gonna create more competition but it's gonna create some guys taking a cheap contract in order to get the opportunity i think it's the wrong off season in general to hold you know damian pierce's and the tyler algiers I th- like I really like Algier. There's a, if if his situation yeah. were, like he doesn't have the competition. Oh, which which I, RB situation can you not say that about right now, Theo? Well, right, I, but that's the point. That's the point. Bit. Actually, but I agree with the that. Point, the point is, I'd rather be invested in the lower price ones if they have the same possible outcome than the guys you're highly invested in. Well, I yeah, do think I, that you can get. I do think that the that like a guy like Damian Pierce. If you asked eleven, there's eleven other managers in your league there might be a polarizing uh, difference of opinions on a guy like Pierce and even an Algier where you can get an overpay where you can get an overpay. There's there, and also I like, I used Algier in like a two for one type trade this week where I traded and I got, and I, 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 I think I stole this one, but I, I traded Algier and <laughs> to get Ben Walker. And I, and, and people are, are like, like the thing is it doesn't matter what they're worth. It's, does somebody view them as an RB2 in Dynasty? And I think there's certain people that view Damian Pierce and Tyler Algier as RB2s right now based on their raw stats rookie year. But 
Scott brings up all, all these guys. And I'll say this to you, JD. We were both on Michael Carter this time last year as a guy we really liked for year two. Michael Carter looked like the kind of guy who could be an RB2 this year, and he got Brees Hall. Yeah. And, and it just, you know, like like Dan, Zach Stacy, Zach yeah. Stacy, Jordan Howard. It happens right. all the time where yes. we yep. view these guys as an RB2, but their team is willing to throw $3 million at Leonard Fournette and just have him come in the building. And, you know, these kind of guys are – and so it's the massive amount of free agents, the massive amount of rookies – like, if I don't feel comfortable about a guy, I'm willing to move him. I, I think they are nice pieces to use, like you did, to tag it up with something, a, a pick or, or another more significant piece to upgrade, like we're talking about, to consolidate. I think they are great pieces because, like we said, at the nature of the position in this time of year, I'm, I'm thinking, like, kind of best ball, right? Like, that, my brain's in best ball right now. So I'm thinking, like, lower rounds, where can I get that production where I can get an RB1 ceiling you know what i mean at that price that's kind of how my brain's working so yeah. you're right i think as trade bait those are two perfect pieces it's but. possible that one of those two guys or either of those two guys or both of those guys survive and end up being a, a starting running back but i would put that as less likely and more right. likely that they're either eviscerated which is very yeah. likely or yeah. at least com competition is brought in where they are mitigated and so I think of those three things, I think the least likely is that they just survive and, like, they're the RB1 on their team next year. I think that's very unlikely for those types of players. And so for that reason, and I love 1912 brought it up. He's like, you can probably find the guy who will pay you a future first, not this year, future first. Oh, my gosh. No, don't, it's 2024. It's way in the future. And then, you know, that's trading. Well, plus, Williams it's going to be the 112 anyway. I mean, of, of course know. it is, buddy. It's going to be the 112. Yeah. It's not going to be Caleb Williams or Travion. 2024 oh. is going to be the greatest oh. class ever. Marvin Harrison, it's going to be a great class. Yeah, yeah. so to, just to just to kind of put a bow on the running backs, I think, you know, it, it, a great exercise I do every year is I just kind of go through and I, I list off all the running backs that are going to be free agents. I look at all the running backs that are coming in on a new draft class, and then I look at all the running backs who are, you know, still kind of staying with their team or whatever. And I just try to... As, Assign a number one through ten. What is the likelihood that this player is going to have the same opportunity next year that they had this past year? You know, and you look at a guy like Algier, and that number for me, you know, one one to ten, ten being certainly going to have that role, one being never going to have that role. He's for like sure. a two, yeah. you know, or a three. Uh, Pierce might be a, a four and a half or a five, something like that. Yeah, but you know, it, when you go through and you start putting numbers on them like that, it starts to bring it into, you know, make sense a little bit. So why don't we do this just just uh, due to time here? Why don't we Theo and and why don't we just do the two? We have two tight ends that we want to talk about tonight. Yeah. Why don't we just finish off with those and we'll promise the audience the next one we do, the next uh, dynasty trade check we do is going to be centered around wide receivers. We could do an all wide receivers game. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Beautiful. All right, let's do that. Yeah. I, I don't know if and we last Jacks. Oh, no, he's he's coming back. He's awesome. He's, yeah, he, he awesome. just had to disappear for a quick second. Who who wants he, to? Who, he, he wanted to talk on one specific tight end, but there was a one that we really have to talk about because last year was the most you know talked about <laughs> name in all of Dynasty, and he's going to be one of the more talked about guys you know this summer as well, just based on his profile and you know last season being such a dud. Um, Kyle Pitts, we. 
they still seen good deals with, with Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, I, I've, I, you've seen them in multiple leagues. You see, you know, if you're a Kyle Pitts manager, you're still getting offers. Today, I was offered in an FFPC 750. I turned it down pretty quickly, but I was offered Pitts and Cortland Sutton for TJ Hawkinson and Michael Pittman. So last year, I think I probably would have made that trade. This year, I'm I'm turning that trade down. Last, so, last year, Theo, you would have smashed that trade and been dancing in but, the streets. But what if what if what if you could what if Theo what if you could turn Hawkinson into Pitts and like a first or like Pitts and like something really nice, juicy? I don't. No one's doing that. I still think like like I don't think anybody's going to trade you a first and 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 uh. And yeah, maybe maybe not at first. First is a little extreme, but you can get you can get a like I don't know. For me, it's team specific. If a team is a contender this year, like this team, I won it last year, and I think I'll be right up there again this year. I I feel more confident in Hawkinson this year. I'm all over him. Hawkinson is my tight end two in redraft, um, and I think in dynasty, some people are still going to have him behind Pitts but it's closer this year than it was last year in terms of their dynasty value. Forget how they perform, just looking at them at, in terms of actual you know commodities in dynasty. Um, Pitts is interesting. I just don't know, like, I've talked to a couple of, of dynasty players I really respect uh, outside of the GOAT district and names to remain nameless. And it's kind of like, are we at a point where this is the last time you could get out for Pitts for a huge offer? Or are you more worried about him having a massive season and gaining back that value? It's like, what's the more likely outcome that that uh, this is the cash out year, or that he's going to gain value with some monster year that we expected last year? I, it's tough. It's really tough. Dan, yeah, I know you have some strong opinions. You know, with 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 Pitts, I mean, you you know, there's a real, very real possibility that he's you know the next Eric Ebron, basically. Uh, you know, which is, I, I know a name that makes Theo cringe, but it's, it's, so, it's like, it's like, it's, it's horrible. It's like a knife in the back. It, you know, but, but that's, you know, that's a real possibility. I mean, Ebron came out and everybody was like all over him. You know, it, he was a guy who had just had all kind you know, he had everything you want. He had the high draft capital. He had all of it. He was young and you know he just never really turned into much i mean he did but, have but he one, had that one year in pittsburgh the, the one year in pittsburgh where he caught you know a, a 11 billion touchdowns and <laughs> that's the real yeah, number too it is and and uh you know but that's all he's done and then the thing is is after that year in pittsburgh still nobody wanted him not even really pittsburgh they're like oh yeah i guess we'll take you back but they never really did anything with him they're like yeah okay well it was you know, it wasn't was it Pittsburgh or was it Indy? It was Indy, I think. We went to yeah, Indy and, and Pittsburgh, but I, I think he had yeah. like a little stint but there. Anyway, you know, no. but they, he, he's faded out of the league already. You know, and and I don't think Ebron's what twenty seven years old right now, twenty eight maybe. <laughs> I don't think he's any older than that. And and this is why my approach to the position, especially in tight end premium, these guys are important. I mean, we see we see kind of like these top end quarterbacks now, these top end tight ends. When you have Kelsey Kittle, you can compete, right? When you have Andrews, you can really compete. So, uh, total. Sorry, man, I just got a message and it totally. Uh, well, took my I'll tell you. We, we, we yeah, talking I'll about pits here. We talking about yeah. pits. Yeah. I mean, you know, here's the thing. I I can't imagine a world where pits isn't going to be good. Like that's hard for me to imagine. I don't 
see the thing being the Eric Ebron or the um, OJ Howard or something like that. I mean, I suppose it's still possible. It really, really is. But he was so good his rookie year, and he's such a phenom. The thing that actually surprised me the most this past year was that Arthur Smith couldn't figure out how to get the most out of him. That was actually kind of surprising, um, that he actually was worse on a per-play basis, per-target basis. And I don't know, that was kind of shocking. So his sort of fall from grace was was a little bit shocking. I do think that, um, you know, they've got to be – I mean, they've got to get better going forward, and they've got to figure out a way to use him properly. That was disconcerting. So for me, he's not the clear-cut tight end one in Dynasty any longer. Um, The problem is that the clear tight end one is so old, it's really hard to know how to to treat (laughs) Travis Kelsey because he is the tight end one in Dynasty. I mean, but he – you know, he's he's year by year. Right. But whatever year you have, Travis Kelsey is he, a year he's the one on one. He's the one on one football player. Period. It's unbelievable. Like, like, you know, he, look, he's two years, the, the the MVP of fantasy football. Like, you know what I mean? Two years in a row. Like every year I do a thing where we, we you know, we pick the, the MVP and all this sort of thing. And I'm not talking about the MVP of the league. I'm talking about MVP of fantasy football. And you guys know it because you guys play in a lot of these FFPC leagues like what percentage of championship teams were rostering Travis Kelsey? It's a very high number, and he might be the number one player on championship rosters across dynasty leagues. And that tells you all you need to know about how valuable he is. But the problem was everybody conflated Travis Kelsey with what tra- what Kyle Pitts was going to be. And that's just not how it works. Just because, and I agree with this, that Kyle Pitts is the best tight end prospect ever that doesn't mean he's going to be the most productive prospect. Yes. Prospect, yes. Is, prospect is the key. And that's what I was getting at. Sorry, guys. Yes. The wife's giving me like an update on a trip we're going on. But that the pro, that's the key word is the prospect. is She's giving me like updates on the wave size. We're going to Portugal to watch like big wave surfing. So she's giving nice. me – I thought it was an emergency going on. But anyways, what I was going to say, Theo, and I've said it on the show a million times, I'd rather pay for the proven tight end. The guy knows his stud. And I buy Kittles. I buy Kelsey's. I have a team right now with Waller, Kelsey, Kittle, and I bought Kelsey and Kittle this year, I think, at a discount. They're proven. Why am I going to sit there and wait for Pitts and Ebron and all these Adonis guys that go to, like, you know, to the, to the, uh, to the combine looking like athletic freaks, getting everybody, you know, boners in, in fantasy land, and you're sitting there with the proven piece, the proven magic to win you your league. Why are you going to sit there, man? Take the proven guy. I'd rather pay up and get the guy who, who, who I know can do it as opposed to sitting there and waiting, waiting for that, you know, upside as Nate, Nate Pilmer likes to say. Yeah. Yes. I just think it's, I think it's league specific, whether we're looking at him as a, as a buy or a sell, because I do think you might find some people where you could get a, a, a decent, um, a decent price for him. But I think most of the people that have Kyle Pitts are not going to sell low. Um, right. And I think that that's, so he becomes kind of a, he's, well, you, you don't want to buy him if he's not low anyways, right, Theo? Like if if the guy wants full pop for him, I don't really want to buy him. That, that's, yeah, I, I think that's what he's saying. And yeah. and I've been I've been scouring leagues for Pitts, and uh, yeah, he he's not. Uh, I, I missed one where he kind of went cheap, and I actually made an offer and didn't win somehow. You what know, kind you of know what kind that. of offers? What kind of offers? Just to give a, I'll I'll look it up while you okay. guys keep talking. Nice. All right. We we made a trade. Um. So so Noah not not Riddell, Noah Blum in our in our Hardway league. Um, we we made a trade on a team that we split in the triplex. The only Kyle Pitts share that I that I sold, um, you know, I had one one other Kyle Pitts share that I traded, but it was like 
the hole was so big that anybody would have made it, even if he would have had a, a tight end two overall season, it still would have been a good trade. But the only mid-season trade where I traded a Pitts was we got Chris Godwin, we got Greg Dulcich, and we had a 2023 20, second rounder in a super flex. And I think there was some other small piece on top. So we got overpaid, uh, not really overpaid. I think that was about like as low as I would have gone. No, it's we, a perfect we were, time to buy those guys too. We were chasing a lot of money in that league. And we ended up, uh, I think we had an injury that knocked us out, but our, our team was very strong and it was a chance to kind of push us over the top. And we were, you know, we had, you know, Pitts was was done for the year at that point. Nice. So I don't know. It's, it's a tough one to, to gauge, especially when we talk about tight end premium. There's a lot of places where you're just not going to get them cheap. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not looking to sell this offseason, but if somebody pays me some massive amount, um, then I'm absolutely considering it. Yeah, absolutely. And a nice, nice post from uh, Open 24 Hours sold pits in my late first for Kelsey late in the year. No regrets. <clears throat> you know, I think that makes sense. I mean, you know, if you're going for a title, why wouldn't you? I mean, you know, the only, the only like fair way to play in a league with Travis Kelsey is anytime. A team is playing the Travis Kelsey team. They should get two tight ends. It, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I just just to go back to a Kelsey trade, I sent my first, or I sent a first and a second, and I got Geno Smith and and Kelsey in Ooh. tight end premium. Jeez, that's FFC. cheap. I mean, yep. why not? I and I already yeah. had Kittle and Waller. I mean, I've got the three best tight ends. No, that's cheap. I uh, I sold Kelsey uh, this this year at the uh, at the deadline, uh, or you know, no deadline. It was in the playoffs, so I sold him to a guy going for the chip. And I sold Kelsey from Mark Andrews in a 25, 25 first. Yeah, that's all right. So I, yeah, mean, I, I felt good fun. about it. Yeah, yeah, just sort of, you know, that felt good. And then uh, the, the the trade I, I missed out on, and I don't know if I would have paid this, but it was uh, Pitts for, well, Will Disley was in there for some reason, uh, for two twenty three first. They ended up being the 110 and 111. There were two playoff teams. So, um, you know, I see the Pitts for a 23-110. You know, it's like, I mean, two of them in that case, you know, two first rounders. So I guess you'd take Pitts over the 23 110, or would you guys? Uh, hold on, I'm looking here. It's the. Uh, I, I would take I would take Pitts. Yeah, I think. 23 Over the 110? You said the 110? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm taking Pitts. Well, they're, they're asking, somebody was asking about Pitts or, or Mayors, right? That's about yeah. the back end of the first round right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll I would, take I Pitts. Would. Pitts. I'm taking yeah. Pitts over 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 Mayer. And then what about Pitts Mayer. over two, like the one ten and the one eleven, together? I mean, you could you could be looking at a, a Mayer and then you know pick your poison there. I, I still am probably leading leading Pitts in that situation. It gets right. a whole lot closer at that point. Doesn't yeah, that gets it, a little it sure bit is. You have more outs in in that trade. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got you you got two bites on the apple there for yep. sure. And it, I know we're going to hit Darren Waller, so I just wanted to throw this up there because I think this this trade. No, I think that's be perfect. A, yeah, yeah great, I like this. Great, great transition over. But um, you know, what do you, what do you guys think about Waller? I mean, you know, for me, just to answer this question, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to take Waller over By Max a lot plus still. the four hundred three or four hundred five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not close for me. I don't know why I, I'm seeing Waller outside the top 10, 12 tight ends. I don't understand it at all. Um, he was hurt. He didn't play. He had a terrible hamstring injury. Every time he's played, I mean, I know he's 30 or whatever, 31 now, maybe getting to 32. But, you know, if he can play, he's going to be dominant. 
you know, you get Tom Brady in there next year uh, with Gronk. It's going to be the two tight end set again. No, I, I don't know. I mean, I just think that, you know, the, the the upside is what I'm always looking for. And unless I'm getting one of the – right now it's like Hawkinson, Goddard, uh, Pitts, Andrews, Kittle. Um, I'm probably forgetting someone. But, you know, it, it, of course, Kelsey. You know, outside of those guys, you know, you start getting into the Friar Muse and the Comets and whatnot. I want Waller over all those guys just because I I know Fryermuth's good. I, I know people are going to be like, what, Fryermuth? Waller is a league-winning potential. Fryermuth is great. He's good. He's going to be solid. Schultz, solid. I understand these guys are good, but I want Waller, and I want what he offers me. And and if I can get him for Knox in that, you know, a couple of fourths, absolutely. You know, right now I think Waller is a buy because of his value. You don't have to give up Fryermuth to get Waller. You can give up Knox in two-fourths. Let's do it. See, he's similar similar to I talked about Lamar Jackson. Like if you don't have one of the top three three guys, Waller's, you know, we talk about receivers that have been in the top 12 before and there's more likely to be back in the top 12 at the receiver position if they've been there. It's yep. the same with tight end, right? It's a similar position. He's, he's given you top two, top five, top six seasons in the past. He's dealt with injuries. I, I think Waller to me is – I would actually rather downgrade to Waller and right. sell maybe a bigger piece as opposed to, I mean, here in, it's a 10 team, right? So if you have Knox in those pieces and you could put the pylons together and ship him out for an actual <laughs> yeah, Waller, absolutely. I mean, that's magic, right? That's yeah. dynasty magic right there. But I think Waller right now is a clear, clear buy and use the uncertainty of the quarterback not being there right now to buy before Rodgers or whoever ends up there. I think that if I the the only apprehension I would have with Waller is I would want to be strong, pretty decently strong at tight end two, um, if he was my tight end one because of the time he's missed and I think some of the red flags. But yeah, we certainly talk about like a guy that when he's on the field can give us like a a, a weak winning uh, upside and Waller's still that. And I think there's some there's a couple of outs um, in Vegas. I mean, you brought up the the quarterback upgrade where if it's Brady. Um, there's a couple of outs there in Vegas where, where he could he could pay off uh, pretty big, especially where he's going as a, a low end uh, tight end one. Yeah, and he's he's got a he could be traded too. I mean, you know, he's got a fairly tradable contract. They're they're talking about maybe moving him. You know, so if somebody's going to trade for him, you would think that they would be trading for him to you know to use him. Uh, you know, and I just to kind of bring things all the way back to the beginning of the show. You know, Waller's one of those players. I think is a perfect example of what Randy was talking about. You know. The dynasty players, you know, at this time of year, a, a lot of times, rather than going for the title, they like to play around with the rookie picks or whatever. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, seeing the cute girls at the bar, man. You know, everybody likes to talk to the cute girls. But you know what? Um, Waller is maybe the girl that you want to go home with um, in, in this instance if you're shooting for a title. Uh, you know, instead of worrying about, you know, what's going on with the 109, 110, 111, whatever, you know, if you can move any one of those picks for a Waller, why wouldn't you? I don't think it quite that much, Dan, at this point. I think that, like, no. yeah, no. he's, he's, he's over yeah. 30, man. He's over 30. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. I think he's cheap. And and uh, what the heck was I going to say? Oh, you had mentioned, Theo, if you're strong at tight end two. Who's strong at tight end two? What's that? Yeah, what especially at tight end premiums. What is the definition of like? I don't want to like have Waller and have Foster Moreau as my I know I'm only teasing, but it's like you know I I was playing around with someone uh, on on the pod the other day, and we were talking like from like tight end ten 
in Dynasty to tight end 25. Tight end 25 is like Tyler Higby in Dynasty. And it's like Tyler Higby or Cole Komet next year. Who's going to score more points? It's like there's the answer. It's who, you know, tight end 25 and tight end 10. Tight end 10 is like Cole Komet. Tight end 25 is Tyler Higby. It's a straight coin flip as to who's going to score more points in 2023. Jax Falcone. We're at a buck thirty, man, and we could literally like we we didn't even touch receiver while you were gone. We told the audience we're gonna do a, a go show. rapid fire on the receiver. We're gonna, we're gonna, right. we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, focus. We'll, we'll do we'll do a show specifically yeah, on receivers. We'll do, but you guys want to bang them? Let's bang them out quick. Let's just do a rapid fire. We go rapid fire. George. All right, let's do it. George Pickens. Bye. I mean, if we're just gonna say buy or sell, I'm I'm buying on. Sell. You're selling? Sell. Hold. <laughs> wow, don't. Okay. We, we'll, we'll elaborate more. Anybody want to do it? We'll, we'll get Scott. You're quickly your your quick opinion on Pickens. Uh, you know, it's the old Matthew Berry. I don't hate players. I hate ADPs. So I think just that if I look at his value, I think he's fine. I just think that it's a outside shot, you know, that he's going to be DeAndre Hopkins, right? I mean, I just think he's probably a little bit more of a of a two out there. And he's being viewed by the dynasty community as a guy who can elevate to a to a, a wide receiver one, and that's where he's valued. So at that value, I'm a sell. Calvin Ridley, buy, sell, or hold. Dan, sell. So. I think in general, I'm a buy. I think sell generally sell. It depends on price, but I just think being out so long. I, I'm, and I think this this is probably Dan's answer. He probably wants to see it before he. He invests. I mean, I got to see it, man. A guy that's been out that long. Yeah, for and for a variety of reasons too. I mean, you know, the the guy is legit turning into a head case. Uh, you know, somebody I don't remember who on Twitter was comparing him to to Josh Gordon, and that just rings too eerily true to me. Or or like a Michael Thomas kind of, you know. Yeah, I had I had a trade in my inbox. It was um, it was the two. Uh, I have the two ten, the three two. And a 23 third likely early, a uh, 24 third. So the 210, the 32, 24 third likely early for Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I would, I, I would hang on to Ridley for that. I mean, you know, because I think right now is. Well, that, you know, that's, is, that's a buy. I would have to buy Ridley. So you'd give it up for Ridley? Oh, yeah, I would give that up for Ridley. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, you know. If somebody's selling him for that, then for sure. If you have Ridley on your roster, I I think uh, you know Shipfed is exactly right. You cannot sell Ridley yet. You know you need to wait until he's doing things in training camp and he's you know you get the one hand catch whatever you know uh, you you want those highlight real things going on because you know even if they don't happen, your price for Ridley in August is not going to be any worse than it is now. The price can only go up between now and August. What my concern is is what happens in September. You know, does that does that price suddenly drop off? So I'm I'm looking for if I've got Ridley, I'm looking for the out somewhere along the way. I'm looking for his value to peak and then out. We're we're yeah. not very good at we're not very good at rapid fire, but no, that's okay, so we suck at it. We'll, we'll do the people love it though. They actually thanked me. They said thank you, Jax, for holding on and staying out here. So you're welcome. Kadarius Tony, guys. Kadarius Tony. Sell. <laughs> so. I'll say sell as well. Hold. Sell. Sell, sell, Hold. sell. No, I think he's a sell. Okay, my guy, Traylon Burks. 
buy. Buy. Big buy. time buy. Big, Big buy. Time buy. Buy. Yes. buy the dip. Buy the dip. Huge buy. Quickly, quickly non-super flex. What would be a pick you'd be willing to move in a regular PPR rookie league uh, at Scott for Trey London? Um, did you say non-super flex? Non-super flex. Okay, regular. I have to do some math. Hold on. Like probably, I mean, certainly anything after pick six, I'm sure I would. Yeah, I would, so 107 yeah. is getting easy. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, you get the top three um, top three wide receivers, you know, the big three, maybe you can make it big four, whatever, big three, and then the top two running backs. So five, you know, yeah, somewhere around six or seven. Six. I'm, yep, somewhere. Yeah, just, just, just to look at kind of where people are getting this information, the, the masses, you, uh, where I've got trade uh, dynasty trade calculator on on the screen here. You're looking at about 107, so you guys nailed it. It's equal based on based on that one, you know. There you which go. Prefer. Yeah, it's like almost like I know what I'm talking about over here. It's like yeah. your your magic man. You are the magic man, Jax. But Wait, I mean, that's all. That's all. Oh, that's I it. All right, Jax. Remind the peeps where they can find all the all the goodness. Like, like the chat said, we appreciate uh, you hanging with us way longer than uh, we kind of planned this. So we always love having you on, brother. Thanks, Guys, man. make sure you are following the un- the Undroppables and especially our boy right here. Yeah, follow me at uh, at Dino Game Theory. You can follow us at the Undroppables. Uh, if you search the Undroppables, like wherever, like uh, Google, uh, you can find our shit. You can find us uh, on Twitter that way. And then uh, be sure to check out this week's pod. It should be out um, uh, tomorrow, probably late in the day. Uh, but we got to finish that one up too, Apio. Uh, yeah, we're, we're doing we're we're mid pod right now. We, oh, we're no. basically it's... done. The boys know I run a little long. That's I'm renowned. I told my wife I went in for a second. I go, uh, we're running a little bit long, and it's kind of my fault. So sorry about that. But um, actually, it was a good show, man. Me and Theo just did a good show. That is the undrafted. Uh, you can find it wherever podcasts are found. Nice. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah, guys. And you're you're. On Twitter, everybody needs to check out. Maybe you could just quickly remind your anatomy of. Yes, that's coming. Back and wide yeah. receiver. That, that is some of the best dynasty information out there. Maybe you could quickly explain that. Sure, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, so the anatomy series is basically, you know, I, 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 I first got into it when it was like, you know, geeks, Peter Howard and guys would say, you know, predictive data and analytics and all this. And I felt like everybody was like, mm-hmm analytics is stupid leave us alone we just want to watch fucking football and i felt like there was something there but it's really high-end shit that none of us understand but there's probably a lot there so i said well what is it really you know what's really going on and i tried to just digest it and dissolve it into like what do good players share what are some of the things that we're looking at and so the anatomy series was that it started three years ago i have it pinned to my um my twitter profile and I usually come out with it every February, so it's coming up uh, pretty soon. And it's a lot of fun. Oh, look at Xavier Hutchinson. I'll have to go check him out. Um, but, you know, I start my process. I'm not much of a college football guy, so it helps me with my process and sort of looking at these guys and, and figuring out which guys are, you know, which prospects are going to, you know, have the characteristics of elite-level players at the position in the NFL. And it was a, it's a fun exercise, and uh, people really loved it. It's a really fun uh, thing to look at and – so for that reason, I think people really enjoy it. Uh, it's a lot of work to kind of go through it, but it's it's fun as hell. So that's what it is. Yeah, I'll, I'll retweet that for anybody uh, you know watching the show right now or listening. It's uh, it's just tremendous. Yeah, it really is. I, that, that's something I have bookmarked too. You know that I I look back on. And it's like okay, you know now we, now we got all the information. We're about ready to get into rookie drafts. Let's let's go. Let's, yeah, you let's can kind of use it. Like a lot of a lot of guys will go. 
how does so and so fall into this? I'm like, well, fucking look it up. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not hard. It's you know, why do I got to tell you? That sounds like a lot of work. But you know, it, it would be a lot of work. And and if if someone wants to do it, they're welcome to. But you know, to put every prospect through that and to to sort of identify them. But I do it one prospect at a time. I kind of know it in my head. Uh, but a lot of guys, if you're curious, you just look up the data and say. Here it is. This is how this guy, you know, fits in or does not fit in. We talked about it a little bit on the show today with uh, Tank, Tank Dell. Is that his name? Uh, you know, uh, that kid is like five five one fifty five, but he's dominating. Uh, you know, well, he's not that small, but you know, he's dominating. He's like five uh, ten, a five ten, yeah. you know, one hundred eighty five pound guy named Tank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Love Anybody this dude. One hundred fifty five and named Tank. You, you yes. definitely want a piece of that. Yeah, he's so clearly the smallest guy on the field, and he's just fucking faster than everybody, and it's pretty cool, um, pretty exciting prospect. But he falls out due to size, and it's like, well, how much does that matter? You know, that's what you try and figure out. He's at Dino Game Theory. Guys, if you're not following him, make sure you're following him and all his goodness. Theo, what do we have coming up, man? We just rocked two serious rookie shows. If you haven't checked them out, we had John Lobb. We had Matt Hicks. The, the, the rookie big board, like two guys you want to start off your rookie, you know, travels, adventures, uh, research with. And, and we kicked it off with back to backs. What do we have coming up to you? So we're going to have some people from the hard way draft. It's still being worked out, but we're in a very high level best ball. Uh, Billy Muzio uh, will be one of them. And uh, not sure if it's just going to be, you know, us and Billy, but or possibly one mystery guest. But uh, we'll be reviewing at least maybe 15 rounds. Uh, of this draft it's uh it's been a fun one so far i think we're all putting together some interesting builds and uh we're going to talk about it billy's sharp yes he is very sharp sharp. yeah that that whole draft room is sharp and uh we'll dive into it we should be the first one done because we're in the first one that started and uh, the the hard way one is is way ahead of it way ahead of it guys we appreciate you guys hanging with us in the chat if you're listening to this make sure you check us out on youtube on spotify you can watch the shows as well let us know what type of players you want us to touch on uh, in the next few times we come back with Dynasty Market Check. And uh, tonight's been a blast, guys. Get out there. Get your trades proposals. Try to send out at least one proposal a day per league. Get your league going. Enjoy this time of year. Hashtag always be trading. We'll check you all later. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy This my advice, from me to you Open up your cute little podcast queue Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude Pop it in your ear, man, y'all know what to do It's a... And I always be traded And I always be traded And I always be traded Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them Fish
course, of course, of course I'm on the clock in Hardway while we're on the show. I got like 30 minutes left. These guys are probably cussing me right now. Probably. That's all right. That's yeah. all right. It's the hard clock is four. I mean, you know, sometimes you run it. That's right. I mean, this, this, <laughs> this was a, a worthwhile detour for sure. Yeah, fuck yeah. that. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. This is being long winded. Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. It was getting man. heated a bit. I like it. I like it was when it good. Gets I thought it was fun. We, we, uh, we didn't talk over each other and everybody kind of got some stuff off. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, this, I, I just like it when you're on, Scott, because he's, you know, it seems like we always, manage to veer off into something really cool, you know, whatever it happens to be. And sometimes we don't even know before we start the show what it's going to be. So, yeah, yeah, it was fun. I think yep. the the chat liked it. They were having fun. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. The, the chat's lit, man. We're we're lucky. We have a good crowd. And uh, yeah. like I said, dude, you're like the, you know, the dynasty philosopher. Uh, I love listening to your show because of kind of the in-depth, you know, you talk about poker. And I think that's why I like it so much. Yeah, I, I wanted to play poker. poker. Whenever we were, I brought it up, I was like, man, I want to go play right now. I, go play. I, I was jonesing. Hey, dude! This my trip to Portugal with the wife is poker winnings, brother. That's that's the whole. T- that's what oh, the that a boy, is. JD. You know, I'm like, all right, let's go back. Let's go back to Portugal, watch some soccer and some big wave surfing. Where do you Where do you play? Where do you live? Uh, well, now it's been online just because you know. I, I back in the day, I used to hit the the casinos. Shout out to Joe Carlton. He he talks to me about his adventures to the casino. But where do you minor, live? I'm in near Toronto, so it's about an oh, hour and a half to Niagara. Yeah, yeah, we we can't play, man. We I, I'm in California. Can't fucking play poker. So they legalized in the province I'm in. It's only Ontario like approved license. So it's like MGM poker, uh, all the big names, but they have like Ontario sites that you you can. It's all new to me, but they have the don't they have the they have the live poker rooms though? Yes. Right? Yeah, yes. but now you can't play online because of that. What a joke! I, I, it's so stupid. The the fact that you can't play online, and yeah, it's so stupid. Yeah, California is so weird with the gambling rules in general. How yeah. like it's like the the like the freest state on so many things, and then gambling, they're like it'll change. Puritans, it's so weird. Yeah, it's so it's so weird, man. Because I'm like, you know, I I like going to play, and I'm almost glad right now. I mean, I got two young kids, so you know, in a lot of ways, like I stopped playing a lot when my kids were really young. I always felt like you guys have kids. I mean, you know, it's like imagine like your your wife is like nursing your brand new baby and you're like yeah i'll be home at like fucking three in the morning <laughs> yeah <laughs> down 800 you know just like what the fuck you can't oh, do that yeah. like this is not okay you know so tell, yeah. tell me that Jax. tell me that's not the loneliest drive at like 3 a.m oh, 800 fuck. down and you're yeah. just driving home on the dark highway it's just the worst fuck. drive yeah. but yeah, but the really other side of that the other Aces side of that, kings and the king yeah. came through the window. You're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. 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 Man, uh, well, at least you're not in Minnesota. I mean, I'm, I've, I feel fortunate that we can play fantasy sports, but that's like fantasy sports and then, you know, the lottery. That's what we have for gambling. Yeah, you guys Minnesota. don't have card rooms either? No. Well, there is, uh, there is Indian casinos. They have card rooms, but, you know, it's just kind of, I don't know. It's not that it, it's not really the same. Um, and I don't even know if they do poker in the card rooms. I mean, I hardly ever darken the door of a casino, but yeah. I just want to have like online sports betting. That's what I want. You know, I don't really. And you don't. You don't have that, Dan. No. Yeah. No. Oh, wow. Like, like the the closest I can get to it is for some reason it'll let us do uh, underdog pickums. You know. Yeah, so so, yeah, I can't. I can't even draft on underdog. I can't do anything. Yeah. Dan, so I can. I, I can do the pickums on underdog, and that's as close as I can get to gambling. Interesting. Yeah, I mean it's really it's really crazy. I mean, I love it. There's there's card rooms close. Like I can go and play and there's like just it's just a card room, like three 
poker tables and sometimes there's just one table you know there's wow. not enough people to play but or there's you know a couple tables and a little like, waiting is that, is that legit legit casino or kind of underground styles no no it's legit yeah it's legit oh, wow. um nice yeah the whole thing it's it's a casino but it's I'm, i live i live in the middle of nowhere kind of i mean you know it's just not very heavily populated you know it's thirty-two thousand people in san luis and twenty thousand people in paso where i live so it's like you know these are smaller communities to some degree and so it's just not an and yeah we're we're sort of a corridor we're right on the right on the coast so we have the ocean to one side and fucking nothing inland like it's just nothing like mountains you know so it's just a, a you know a, a, along the coast shit so it's not a lot of surrounding areas so even though it's hmm. you know 30 30,000 or whatever is not a small what, town it's like the only fucking thing you know so yeah there's a there's a couple of card rooms it's a lot of fun but you know everybody too, so it's it's it feels degenerate. You know, it feels real fun. So what, what's, ever, your, yeah. what's your tie to Canada? Are you Canadian or no? Me no, eh? Oh, okay, okay. No, no, because I, the, the, uh, I guess the uh, you, I guess uh, the undroppables is there a couple Canadians? Is that what it is? It, we're we're worldwide, baby. You know, okay, but um, hey, listen, listen. Okay. My last name is Belanger. Right, Belanger. So, hey, hey, right? yeah. So listen, my son's name, of course, Leon. Wherever, right? Leon, yeah, fucking great. George Belanger. So it's Leon George Boulanger. So you could say it in French and be right there, baby. He's gonna get laid for sure. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I got. We gotta end it on that. All right. We gotta, yeah. I, I, 